Hey, husband. Yes, wife. What do you do with a sick boat? What? Take it to the dock. Wow. Welcome, everyone, to Random Thoughts. I'm wife. And I'm husband. And we're going to talk about the obsession. Well, my obsession. Yes. So we're here with a uh, extracurricular episode, I guess. A mini-sode. A mini-sode? Yeah. Out-of-band update. Out-of-band update. I like mini-sode, but anyway. So we're here to talk to you about a brand new game. It is so new. How new is it? It's not even released yet. Yeah. So, uh, well, I guess it technically is because... I mean, it's had its pre-release. So San Diego Comic-Con, well, it was announced prior to that, but San Diego Comic-Con saw the first official release of Transformers, the trading card game. Yes. So um, it was announced, what, about a year ago, officially announced? Well, I don't think it was officially announced, but there were definitely rumors going as far back as, like, November of last year. And And he's been so excited ever since. I've literally been checking daily for any news anywhere across the internet until last week when suddenly it popped up. Hey, there are going to be cards available at San Diego. Yeah, so he's been clutching his little stuffed star scream and ready to go to town. I don't have a stuffed star scream. Yeah, but you wish you did. Well, that would, only if it's the prime star scream, and I want him on his little scooter. Yeah, he well, obviously he has to have the scooter. But obviously. anyway. So, Transformers trading card game, where do we start? Well, let's start with, what is it? What's a trading card game? If you're listening to this podcast, you probably already know. But for those of you out there that may be new to card games, and I have a feeling that a property like Transformers is going to draw in a lot of people that aren't or wouldn't consider themselves traditional tabletop gamers. Yeah, it, or it might, you know, draw in people who, hey, maybe I played Magic or Pokemon once at camp when I was in middle school, but I really like Transformers and now there's a game for it. Let's go for it. So a trading card game, <laughs> you could have collectible card games, you could have trading card games, you could have uh, living card games, you have all of these different types of card games. This particular one, trading card game, you buy cards in boosters that are randomized, and then you build a deck from those cards to play one-on-one games with your opponent. Obviously, just like many other games, you could run multiplayer, three or more, Mm -hmm. but the focus for this one appears to be, and this is all preliminary information, just for the record, and unofficial, intended to be one-on-one. So I, I show up in my deck, wife shows up with her deck, we start smashing heads and decide who's the better Transformer. And it's obviously going to be me. Sure it is. With Soundwave. I have immensely more knowledge on the subject, wife. I, I feel like I have a slight advantage. Yeah, <laughs> but I have intense love for the very few Transformers that I adore. Yes. That so, might overclips yours. Wife and I traditionally run Random Spots podcasts. It's generally a gaming podcast, usually assorted media, but... We primarily focus on the WoW TCG. We do want to expand into other things, and the Transformers TCG is going to be one of them moving forward. Now, the format of this may change. Maybe it'll be some solo casts by me, but I wanted to include Wife, especially on this first one, because, as I just mentioned a moment ago, I've loved Transformers for decades. He uh, apparently saw the movie, like, 
when he was two, and that was all she all she wrote. But wife, on the other hand, was really only introduced to Transformers once we started dating. Yeah, there were all these little plastic angry robots all around, and I was wondering what they were for. So in our particular case, I really drew wife. I mean, I think we went to some of the Michael Bay movies together. I don't remember. Maybe. But that's not a great introduction to Transformers. No, I would say that might be actually be the worst introduction to Transformers, but... But her real introduction was with Transformers Prime with a very special episode involving Scraplets. Yes! So Scraplets are adorable, even though they're, you know, little vicious, tiny, hungry piranhas. Yeah, they're horrible, horrible metal termites. Yeah, but whatever. And um, so my... What drew me in was one line. One line only in Transformers Prime. And what was that wife? Bulkhead! I needed that! Yes, so for those of you out there that are Transformers fans, especially if you've only experienced G1, it's very easy to fall into the trap of, well, G1 was the first, it's the best. That's not necessarily true. It, there's nothing wrong with saying that, that you G1 is your Transformers, but... You should definitely be open to the various ones that have happened in the now long and storied history, especially more recent ones, including Prime and the IDW series, which happen to be some of my favorites, because they've added so much to the lore. Why does that matter for the card game? Here's why. They have explicitly said and shown already that they are willing to pull from all across the Transformers mythos and pull them in. So I'm really excited for the day we get Prime Soundwave. I am excited for when I get Wreckers. All the Wreckers. I'm doing... I'm well, but that's the a thing. Wreckers deck. So you could have the Wreckers from Prime. So you get Jackie. And you get Bulkhead. And apparently Sea Spray. Because... You know what? Sea Spray was a Wrecker. Sea sure. Spray is going to do big things one day. There right? are no villains in the sea. <laughs> You know what? <laughs> sea Spray is going to do big things one day. Or you could go with the Wreckers from IDW and you get Impactor. And, and you get Springer. And you get Roadbuster. Or is, if we get an Iron Fist, I will lose my mind. But wait, is Angry Krupp a Wrecker or... Angry Cup? Cup, yes. Yes. He, yeah. With his Saigar? Yeah. I want Angry Cup. So, well, Cup is the cranky old man in every iteration. True, but, but I want Wrecker's Angry Cup. So the reason why I, we spend so much time talking about that is this. Yes, Transformer. it's exciting that tra the Transformers trading card game is going to pull from all of these different areas, allegedly. Obviously, first set, I'm sure, would be primarily G1, and I am fine with that. But you can tell by the artwork, for example, the shockwave that they're showing to me is very reminiscent of the fall of Cybertron, Shockwave mm -hmm. from the video game, which I loved that Shockwave. I loved the look. I loved the way he acted. It, it was fantastic. The emphasis that's being put on all of these different things, to pull in all these different media, different types of media, I think will be great for pulling people in because there are people now who their Transformers growing up was probably Beast Wars in the 90s. I, and... Imgur and Reddit would definitely point to that being true. Or it, there could be people that are coming to the point where they're going to be, hey, I'll play a card game, and it's R.I.D. from the early 2000s. Yeah, or, sort of and I know many of you who are Transformers fans may hate for me to say this, but some people might be coming as fans of the Michael Bay movies. Yes, believe it and or not, they are over 10 years old. 
Yeah, or really old. There are, like there are there are definitely going to be teenagers who grew up and older who grew up with the Michael Bay movies. Now, despite the age rating, there could be twenty year olds that that was their first <laughs> Transformers I mean, movie. To be fair. I remember being mildly appalled when very small children were being brought in with some of the jokes in the second one in well, particular. Yeah, but we but won't, we won't go into that. Way. So to bring it back to the card game, it's super exciting. I, As someone who's played card games for almost as long as I've loved Transformers, we're talking like decades, I have always wanted one. I've designed them on my own. I'm sure many people out there have done the same. And it's really exciting, and in all honesty, tying and or segueing from the potential that is in the various media forms, the various mythos of Transformers, there's, to me, as someone who's played a lot of games for a long time at both casual and competitive levels, I see a lot of potential in the rule set for this game. So let's go into that in just a second, wife. So if you head over to the official Hasbro site right now, you can pull up a PDF or some actually really well done videos on how to play the game. Yeah, um, husband actually showed me some of the videos and I won't lie to you, in general when I'm watching gameplay videos, my attention has a tendency to wander. Um, but these are really well done and I think very informative in a good way. Except really for way. one point. And here's the constructive criticism. Who's the voice actor for Megatron? Yeah, he sounds like Starscream, and that's not okay. Yeah, I mean, that type of voice is fine, but I cannot mentally associate that voice with anyone but Starscream. Yeah, it's like very whiny and high-pitched, and I just feel like Megatron it also, is this it'll... big that's going to Well, it, this Megatron that they're using, because obviously it's been a long time since Megatron turned into a gun, he turns into a tank, and I expect this deep, booming voice that, that is charismatic and commands people. Or even if you go the fall and more of Cybertron route, where it's just, you can literally feel the anger, like waves of it pouring over you. This sounds like Starscream. Yeah, he sounds wimpy and kind of sassy. Now, I get it. Frank Welker is getting up in age, and maybe he doesn't even want to do it anymore. But there are plenty of people who can do a good Megatron. Yeah. Uh, what happened there? But let's not dwell let's, on that. Yeah, let's rein it back to the game. So let's do a quick overview. This is the 10,000-foot view of the game. And if, again, if you want to follow along at home, then head on over to either the Transformers TCG subreddit. There's an unofficial subreddit. There is an unofficial Discord. And we're pulling these rules, though, from the official site. So you could, you can just Google for it. You, you will find it relatively easily. Yeah. So the way your deck is constructed is each character card, which are oversized, so they're not, they're regular battle cards and they're character cards. Character cards are Optimus Prime, mm -hmm. Slipstream, Bumblebee, etc. And then you have battle cards that if you've come from other games, they are your instants, your sorceries, your actions, your abilities, whatever you want to call them. They're cards that do stuff. Yeah. They could also be upgrades, which are kind of self-explanatory. You put them on something and it they get... It. Exactly. So, to start, you build your deck with 40 battle cards, and then you have a variable number of Transformers, which I think is fantastic. This is almost literally the way I 
was designing stuff. Uh, it really is at least very close. So in this particular case, you build your team with up to 25 stars worth of transformers. So each of the transformers on one of their sides will say it's three stars or five stars or Cosmos, I think right now is the highest one and he has double digit stars. Oh, wow. Which someone did point out, it's a little odd that Cosmos, of all people, has this absurdly powerful power, but we'll, we'll get there. I want to do a little bit about the spoilers mm -hmm. later on. So you pick your characters. You can't have more than 25 stars. Let's take a moment there to talk about that. To me, this is great. I love Soundwave. Soundwave is my favorite Transformer in all his iterations. Well, who is yours, wife? Uh, it, well, usually I like Soundwave or Bulkhead, but mostly Bulkhead. Yes. So one of the things that happens in other card games that is alleviated here because of this is, let's say I'm playing Magic. I'm playing a green deck or green-red. I want to ramp up to play big dragons. Like, I want to play my dragons. I want to slam a bunch of dragons on the board, breathe fire, and burn and ate the countryside. Of course you do. What happens when I don't draw the mana? Or what happens if I just don't draw the dragons? That's a super feels-bad moment. Now, yeah, you could just shuffle up and play another game. But it feels dumb that your deck that is literally focused on dragons could go an entire game without playing a dragon. Yeah, and it's... I definitely agree with that, and... It would be really nice to be able to design a game with things you like in ways you like with a guarantee. Definitely the guarantee is a big portion of this. Yeah, so variance and or luck or whatever you want to call it always comes into card game. But with a property like Transformers where people are attached to Blaster, people are attached to Ravage, people are attached to Hot Rod... Pick a Transformer. Every, there is somebody out there who that is their favorite character. And it will you could never pull it out of their heart. The fact that you can start out with, this is my Constructicon deck. This is my Stunticon deck. I mean, those characters haven't been released yet or, or mentioned, but presumably they're going to show up at some point. You can build a deck with those, and you will always have them because they will start in play in the game. Like you'll always get a chance to play with them. Yeah, and I think it really does help themes. It help I think that helps themes a lot. And also it helps with power level. Maybe you love a super powerful guy, but in another game, well, he's not really gonna see play because he's you know, you need to play way too many lower level guys to get there. Yeah. When this game, you are going to have your super powerful guy, but yeah, you're going to have his minions to come help boost him up, too. Well, and that's the thing. So you, you can't have more than one unique character, so you can't have a team of Optimus Primes. But because they could print, say, battle-damaged Optimus Prime, or animated Optimus Prime, or, you know, Orion Pax, who counts as an, if they were to do that, and maybe he counts as an Optimus Prime... Mm -hmm. You could have these varying power levels so that, okay, well, this is my Prime-focused team, where everything's all about getting Optimus Prime in there, and he is the focal point. Whereas another one may be your G1 cast, and it's Optimus Prime alongside Mirage and Hound. And that way you can have these varying things so that 
you can build it all these different ways. And I think the potential there is what's so exciting. Obviously, it'll come down to what do the cards actually do, but you have the chance. Yeah, and I think as a mechanic, it's new, it's interesting, it's fun. But let's talk about what else we got. So, how do you win the game? You win the game by beating the, the snot or energon or, or whatever out of all of your opponent's guys. You KO their guys by doing damage to them. When they have enough damage, they get knocked out. They're all knocked out. You win. So, as someone who's not overly attached to the Transformers universe, I like this as a card player for a couple reasons. It comes down to actually, you know, actual gameplay. It's kind of enforcing actual gameplay because you can't deck your opponent. It doesn't matter. You can't deck yourself. Which, you can't run out of cards. You just shuffle them back up and go all over again. This, to me, is an excellent... It keeps the focus yeah. on the purpose of the game, yeah. the Transformers. Yeah, it keeps the focus on the battle. It doesn't come down to Mildex. I hate Mildex. Spoiler alert. Mildex <laughs> suck. But now, anyway. I'm sure that... Well, funny you mentioned Mildex. There isn't an official mill mechanic, but there are... We'll get to the reshuffle thing, but there... They could always release, say... The Heralds of Unicron, or Unicron himself, which, by the way, would be awesome as a raid. No. Yes, it would. No. But let's say they release some big bad. Yeah. Because milling I in this game, and for those of you new to card games, milling in other games, if you run out of cards in your deck, if you need to draw a card and can't, or in some games if your deck is empty, you lose. Because that's their kind of time limit on the game. That doesn't happen here, but there's nothing to preclude them from saying that, you know... Rekgar, his he has an alternate win condition that if your opponent runs out of cards or you do something, you win the game. This now, based on the rules, that would be kind of overpowered, but yeah. we'll get there. So you win by knocking out all of your opponent's guys. So to start, you put all of your team out in alt mode. So they start out as cars, jets, tanks, planes, whatever. Shuffle your battle cards, put it off the side, you roll a die, flip a coin, rock, paper, scissors, whatever, to decide who goes first. Your opening hand is three cards. So, it's a very small hand size. That is true. That's um, something of note that I wanted to draw attention to. Compared to other games with 40, usually it's a five-card hand size. Yeah, usually between, between five and seven. On 40, you're probably going to go closer to five, but... And if you compare it to, say, Hearthstone, which has 30-card decks, they have a three-card hand size. Yeah. But that's 30-card decks. Mm -hmm. So it is a little bit small to start out. But if you think about it, you're starting with anywhere from four cards, because you obviously have at least one guy, to if they're, they make, say, two-star guys. So if they have prime Viacons and they're two-star guys... You could have 12 of them starting in play. <laughs> Talk about troop building. Yeah, right? So that would be really cool. Or Autobot troopers, or, you know, Insecticons. Insecticons were, you know, they clone themselves. Or re yeah. I could have, because it's 24 star power? 25. 25. I could have 25 one power scraplets. You Sold. could. Sold. There's That's a deck. deck. That's so deck. if you think of the cards you start in play, or have that start the game in play as an extension of your hand. Let's assume four is reasonable. Mm -hmm. So th they're six stars a piece, have twenty four stars, and then you know you have one floating. Mm -hmm. I think that you know a seven card hand, air quotes is that seems reasonable. 
and you have a bunch of actions. So it, again, it's going to come down to what the cards actually say and do long term to determine it. But so far, I, I feel okay with this. What do you think? Um, yeah, I am. A, I'm always a little nervous about small hand size, but that mostly comes down to being nervous about drawing things from well, current games, card games in our lives. So, but I, I think it's a solid beginning. So, how do you take your turns? Well, on the very first turn of the game, whoever goes first can't play actions or upgrades. So, what else can you do? In general, if it is not, if you're not going first and it's not your first turn, you can flip one character to its other mode. So you can transform one guy. Mm-hmm. You can play one action card, and you can play one upgrade onto one of your characters. So, on your first turn, basically, you can transform your guy and yeah. a guy, and that's it. So generally, for each turn, just to clarify this. You can do three things once. In or any up order. Up to three things yeah. once. So f- I missed one thing. So at the start of your turn, draw a card. Draw a card. Okay, and so then, there is an inherent card draw in this game. Yes, as compared is, to other ones. Yes. yes. So we do play, as we mentioned, we play a number of games. And as strange as it may seem, not every card game has you draw a card every turn. Sometimes you have to go out of your way to do it. In this particular one, you do get to keep that constant flow of resources. Mm-hmm. So, as I said, you could transform somebody, you could play an action card, or you could play an upgrade. All of those are and-ors. Okay. One of each. Except, again, on your first turn, you can, you can only transform. You can't play actions or upgrades. So, the action cards do something and then go away, essentially. Technically, they don't go away right away. And this is something I wanted to call attention to for people that are newer to card games. Usually, if you play the WoW TCG, when you play an ability... So I cast Fireball. I do four damage and then attach it to my opponent's character. Or if I, a better example would be Fire Blast. It does two damage immediately. And then it goes away and goes right to the graveyard. In the Transformers card game... You set it off to the side, kind of in limbo, and then at the end of your turn, all of the things that were set into limbo go into your scrap pile. This is significant, and it's not obvious at first. The reason being is, let's say I do something that says, do three damage. Mm -hmm. If it were to go directly to my discard pile, and I had an ability to bring it back to my hand and play it again somehow, so... Normally, since you can only play one action per turn, this would not be possible, and we haven't seen any recursion cards, to my knowledge yet, but the potential is there to let you recur something and play it again. Since Mm -hmm. it goes out of play... It kind of disappears. Temporarily, so you can't, as the active player, cannot interact with that. Or maybe if a Transformer, when it attacks, put a card from your graveyard back into your hand, you can't get that right away. You'd have to wait a turn for it to be accessible. And yeah, that's definitely going to be a big part of deck planning and turn planning. And speaking as a gamer, I think that's a fine mechanic. I also know that's going to trip me up quite frequently. Yeah, because it is out of the norm. And again, that's the reason why I wanted to call attention to it. So I think that tells me, without seeing all the cards, that they either have a mechanic in mind or that they wanted to avoid those sort of combo loops. Yeah. Where it 
someone can infinitely recycle something that has a really powerful effect. Which is showing good foresight on their part. Exactly. Because we've all seen those decks happen in other games. They're always obnoxious to play against. And I, I do think it's showing really good foresight on their behalf, which actually gives me more hope for the game itself yes. in kind of a weird way. Now, that's not to say that they couldn't add in mechanics to do that anyway, but then you'd have to actively choose to be doing that, and they can tweak it and control it a little bit better. So it's fine to have combo decks. Mm -hmm. It's fine to have aggro decks. It's fine to have control decks or whatever. It's a problem when they go overboard and they are oppressive. Yeah, when they get broken, that's when it's a thing. So moving on from action cards and how they behave, upgrades, as you would imagine, you upgrade your character, and it stays out there. One of the upgrades, for example, is the Matrix of Leadership. I dimly recall what that is. You make me very, very sad. I know. Anyway, so upgrades stay out. They come is in three... Stop. You're, you're, you're done now. <laughs> We're moving on. So there are, there are three types of upgrades. There are weapons, there are armor, and there are utilities. They're probably going to do exactly what they sound like. Yeah. So each character can have one of each kind. So you can have one weapon, you can have one armor, you can have one utility. Can you boost your weapons or utility or armor? As far as what? Um, like... Like upgrade your upgrade? Yeah. We haven't seen anything. I can only assume that will happen eventually. Okay. Like reinforced plating goes on leg armor or something, you know. And I could certainly see that being a way to expand it. But like the WoW TCG, if you think about it as, well, you only have one offhand slot, you have one main hand slot, or you have one head slot. You have a weapon yeah. slot, an armor slot, and a utility slot. Once something goes in there, you can replace it, which actually brings up an interesting question that I had on the rules. So as a reminder, these rules are what seem to be the quick play rules. You get in there, you can start playing games, you get a feel. These aren't comprehensive, so there are a couple edge cases that we're not sure about. For example, let's say I play a weapon, like picture Megatron's flail from the old G1, giant Energon flail. So a giant purple mace with a chain in between. Yeah. It comes in, it gives him plus two attack. Let's say, I'm just making this up. This isn't a card that we've seen. So tiny. So what if then it's Megatron's fusion cannon comes in, and when it comes in, it does one damage and then gives you plus one attack. So the flail gives two, the cannon gives one, but it pokes for one damage when it comes out. Seems reasonable. Yeah. The way that the video describes this is you can play a new uh, upgrade. And it, you can replace the old one. Could I choose to play the new one, get the effect, and let it go? Because that is something you can do in other games. And that will be interesting to find out. Yes. At this point in time, I don't know because, again, this, these are all made-up cards that I'm literally just making up on the spot. But these are simple effects that, come on, they're going to have upgrades or abilities yeah. that when they come in, do something. Or when they leave play, do something. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what happens with that. Right. So, we've had the start of our turn. Maybe we played some cards. We transformed some guys. We did some stuff. We did some upgrades. Now's the fun part. Now it's where they start punching things. Yeah. 
So now you attack. So you, the fortunate thing is that they can use tap and untap because it's produced by WOTC, yes. Wizards of the Coast. It's nice when um, the people who made the big gorilla are actually in charge. So I'll be, I'll be honest. Magic. Other games always danced around the word tap and untap because they didn't want to get into a legal spat. I would have been okay if they didn't use tap and untap and they used, you know, depleted or something Cybertronian sounding. Yes. Energized. As knowing as you are a fan of this universe, I would say, okay, for the universe, that makes sense. Coming to it as a card game from someone who doesn't have as much affection for the universe as you, I'm really okay with Tap and Untap because it's very self-explanatory to me as it is, a gamer. It is simple, and obviously being produced by Wizards of the Coast, they have that advantage. And people, like, yeah, you know, I depleted, I'm, ex whatever. Everyone says You're tap gonna say tap or untap anyway, yeah, it, so what everyone, does it really matter? It is true. Like, so. <laughs> I, in playing WoW, everyone's like, I'm exhausted, I'm, but every, almost every time instead of saying exhausting, it's like, I tap down your guys. Yeah. Okay. To, they've, they've had a little bit of history to, like, to get that the, into the, the common parlance. The slang is in there and it's just gonna stay. Right. So... Aside from that digression, here's how combat works. You choose one of your untapped characters and declare them as an attacker. And again, these are the quick start rules, so there could be timing windows in here, potentially. Mm -hmm. So you choose one of your untapped characters as an attacker. You choose one of your opponent's tapped characters as a defender. If none of them are tapped, so basically first turn kind of thing, mm -hmm. you can choose any of them. Okay. But if there's one that's tapped, you have to attack that first. So strategically already, we can see, well, the sequence of your attacks matters significantly. Yeah. So then you tap your attacker. So now you are officially attacking. Each player flips over the top two cards of their battle deck and puts them to the side. If a player flips any white battle icon, so they're, they're little icons in the corner of the card, and they're different colors. Okay. Any white battle icons, and you get two more cards, total of four. You can only do this once. Mm -hmm. So the first time you get the white card, white icon flip, you're done. Mm -hmm. You can't just keep cycling them, because obviously then that would be a little busted. Yeah. For the attacker, you count any orange battle icons flipped and add that to the, the character's base attack. For the defender, you count the number of blue defense battle icons and add that to their defense. You compare numbers, do damage equal to the difference. So obviously if they're the same or the defense is higher, zero damage is dealt. So it's kind of like war? Yeah, basically. I can get behind that. It's, it's so simple. Now, the obvious complaint here is going to be, well, there's a lot of luck involved. Yes. But there is, if you look at it from the other perspective, there's a lot of strategy and skill involved in constructing your deck Am I an offensive deck? Well, I need to make sure I have a critical mass of orange icon while simultaneously making sure I don't fold because I have no defense. Yeah. I think there is a lot of luck involved, but like you said, I think with enough experience being once you... Now, obviously, this is complete hearsay because we don't know specifically what's available, but I think... With enough experience, you'll be able to construct a deck that will boost whatever you're 
particular gameplay is. Exactly. I so think. just like in Magic or in WoW or in other games, you need to carefully balance your resource cards with the remainder of your deck. You're going to need to carefully balance your attack and defense icons. And here's the thing. If you know your deck well enough, you can sort of count the cards. You go through your graveyard and say, oh, well, I know I have X number of orange things left. Or yeah. I have X number of blue things left that can influence your decision as to whether you attack here, there, or whatever. Yeah, and that, I don't think that's too different from pretty much any card game. It's, exactly. I know I haven't seen this card yet, so let me play around knowing that it's coming. Yeah, you need to... And that's a skill that you learn playing card games, whether it's poker or magic or this... You play to your outs. you got to give yourself a chance to draw the answer. Yes, there's luck, but if you don't put yourself in a position to take advantage of that luck, it's wasted. Yeah. The winners make their own luck. I hate that saying, but anyway. So one thing that is implied here that people may not notice at first glance, you have to attack. Oh, I did not notice that at first glance. So, so here's the thing. You literally can't pass a turn. Well, that's with what the exception I, of turn one. Well, turn one, I think you still have to attack. You just oh. can't play any of those other cards. You just have to punch. Okay. The reason that matters is, theoretically, you could then just stall the game out. You could have two people, because you can't end the game by decking, mm-hmm. you reshuffle your, your battle deck when you run out of cards, because obviously you're flipping these cards yeah. over. Because they go, which, if I didn't mention it before, they go to your scrap pile afterwards. So, you if you did not require attacks as part of the rules, both players could just stare at each other and literally do nothing. And the That's game would true. never end. So, forcing attacks forces people... Like, it forces the game to a conclusion. Yeah, and I think without the milling opportunity or, like, availability, I think that is a good call to make. Well, it, it it's important because if... In game design, it's important to have an end state. The game has to end at some point. Yeah. And maybe running out of cards in other games is not ideal, but at least you both know it's coming, and look, you had 53 turns to do something. Yeah. Do something. Okay, on a completely off-topic thing, how excited were you when they called the discard pile the scrap pile? Super excited. I thought you might be. Well, they, like, that's why I said where they... Tap it on tap. No, you call it the scrap pile. Just you. Ah, anyway, whatever. Yeah. Moving on. So here's so here's the other caveat for combat. After the attack, if your opponent has any untapped characters, you're done. Your turn's over. Okay. So if you have four guys, I have four. I attack with one. We do our thing. Turn's over. But say you only had one guy, and I had four. One, all four untapped. Your guy is tapped because he attacked me last turn. Okay. I attack. I can attack again. Can you like just keep attacking? So here's what the rules read. If your opponent's characters are all tapped, so whether you have one or you have a hundred, you can attack with a character again, but only if at least one of your characters is untapped. So basically you can't attack again with one of your tapped guys. Okay. Keep attacking with your characters until all of them are tapped. Once all characters on both sides are tapped, untap them and your turn is over. So the way this reads to me is it sounds like once I have an excess Mm -hmm. or you have an excess of guys, 
they just all they lose their minds and go go swinging for the fences. I mean, that's making my swarm deck sound more ap- appealing, but that is also making me a little nervous for what the future may bring. Well, it there I'm I would want to verify that this is actually how it works. So the turn that you have an excess of guys, you must attack with all of them. Mm-hmm. Or is it you could drag it out over a number of turns? The way this is written to me reads as though you have to keep attacking. So that turn, you your opponent, if they manage to somehow tap down their guys out of combat... They could force you to swing in and force a reset. So here's the thing. Nobody's guys untap, nor in Magic or in WoW or whatever, most other games, at the start of your turn, you get all your stuff back. Mm-hmm. You untap unless something's preventing it. Yeah. In this game, once somebody's tapped, they stay that way until everyone gets a turn. Everyone being all the characters in the game. So if you okay. have Optimus, Bumblebee, Jetfire... And I have Sideswipe, Shockwave, Sludge. Because it did, which we'll get to later, it turns out you can mix and match them, Autobots and Decepticons. You end up killing off two of my guys, so I only have Shockwave left, let's say. You manage to, you know, beat up on the other guys. You And you're all untapped, I am tapped. You attack with your first guy, the other two, I guess, smell blood in the water... And have to go in. That's the way it's reading to me. Which is interesting. And the limitations on this game, I call them interesting. So naturally you could have said, well, I'll just attack with one guy. Pass. You can't do anything because your guy's tapped. I'll get another turn, essentially. Mm -hmm. Attack and drag it out. Yeah. That changes... Forces the interactions and forces mm. it changes the game mechanic in a way that I think it changes any idea of a long term play. Yes. So it, I don't think it's bad one way or the other. Mm-hmm. I think they are strictly different and they would foster different play patterns. Yeah. That is definitely a rule though that I would like to have expanded upon by the creators or by someone. Well, I'm hoping, and right now I don't know, but I'm hoping that at Gen Con there will be some of the designers, the developers, the marketing people, whatever, contacts for this sort of stuff to ask those questions. Right now, the only thing I know is that Pastime, who's a store, company, whatever, in the Midwest, is going to be handling selling it, but I don't know how knowledgeable they are about the game or whether they are just distributing it. Yeah. So that remains to be seen, but... Maybe by the time this this podcast goes up, it'll have been resolved. But anyway, once combat's concluded, one way or the other, uh, you put all the battle cards you flipped and any action cards into your scrap pile. Mm-hmm. So, how does somebody actually get knocked out? Or, the, or how does the damage work? So when a character takes damage, you basically put counters on it. So not unlike WoW, not unlike Magi Nation, not unlike a number of other games. And if the number of damage counters on it equals or exceeds the character's health, they get KO'd. So they get removed entirely from the game. That's how you can get those scenarios where you have three guys left and I only have one. Because mm-hmm. you just slapped my other guys around. Please tell me it looks like we can use dice as opposed to little tiny tokens. I'm sure no one will stop you from using dice. Okay. 
Because I will lose the little tiny token. Well, because here's the thing. Some of the characters have already been shown to have, like, 12 plus health. Yeah. Which is good, because otherwise it would feel super bad to, like, sit down and, hey, my whole team's wiped out on turn one. But 12 health is a lot of counters, so the dice is going to be useful. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that we alluded to earlier is if you ever run out of cards in your battle deck, you shuffle the cards in your scrap pile face down, and they become your new deck, even if it's in the middle of an attack. So as soon as it happens, shuffle them up, get going. Mm. So those are the major questions I had the, as far as you know how the, the intricacies of combat works, how some of the upgrade things will correlate. But for the most part, I feel the rules are both clean and very easily grokkable, mm-hmm. and I think they evoke the flavor of Transformers the way it's constructed. What do you think, wife? Um, I would agree. I am excited to see what the game brings. I think... Okay, for me, understanding the rules the first time they're read to me, or at least having a pretty feeling like I have a pretty strong grasp of what's going on the first time I read through something is a really big deal because I am not the person who's going to want to sit there with that, you know, 400 page rule book without wanting to jump off a very tall building. Now, I'm sure there will be that 400 page rule book, but at least you can get 98% of the interactions right off the bat. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not saying that, you know, the rule book is bad. I'm just saying that Usually, I have to play something to understand how it works. I am not one who can, and husband can attest to this, I am not one who can read the rule book and just get it. I need to physically do the interaction before I'm going to understand it. And I feel like I understand this, which is both exciting and also a little nervous. Well, you've me. been around games for a long time this now, This is true. Wife. You've destroyed me. So, but anyway... I do think it, it is something to be said that the, the rules, and it's very easy to say that simple rules are bad, that there's nothing to the game then, but I think that it's important to have the, there's something to be said for being streamlined and efficient at the base level. There's a difference between being clean cut and simple. I think these are clean cut. I don't think they're overly simple. Well, the thing is, is that you can always add complexity with the cards, which is yeah. something that I always enjoyed about card games in general is that they're modular. Mm-hmm. You add or subtract cards based on what you want to do, and that's how you complicate or simplify the game itself. Because you, you can do whatever strategy you want, but the baseline, where everybody's coming from, is simple enough that you can sit down and play a game and not have to go, oh, well, let me dig out this spreadsheet or this PDF and search through all that. No. No, I, I agree. Let the cards speak for themselves. It's also especially important for this, where, as we started at the top, I think a lot of people are going to come into the game having not played games before. Yeah. So, or maybe not this involved of a game. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they played Monopoly, but there's a big difference between playing that and jumping into one of these. Yeah, Monopoly's worse. It ends friendships. <laughs> it ends families. Monopoly is terrible. So, real briefly, I don't want to drag this one out. We're already uh, about 45 minutes in. In our, quote, mini-sode. Yes. But there have been already a number of spoilers, because, as we said, at San Diego Comic-Con, the promo pack and the Autobot starter packs were available for purchase, and they are supposed to be going up on Hasbro Toy Shop after Gen Con. 
for any extras, which if there are any extras, I would be dumbfounded. Yeah. Like, I would be astonished if there were any extras. But to all of you who can't make it, Con, make it to Gen Con, good luck. So here are some things that I wanted to call attention to. So one of the first spoilers we got is Slipstream. It's a Decepticon Seeker, female Seeker. So do you have any idea who I'm talking about? No. So Slipstream, my first uh, introduction to her was actually in the War for and Fall of Cybertron series. Okay. They were IDW or those were the video those games? Those are the video games. That, okay. So now Slipstream has appeared in other things, not to say that mm-hmm. that's her only appearance, but it's unique that they decided to feature a, I'm going to say a lesser known, like they could have easily plastered Soundwave on there. They could have easily plastered even like any G1 Decepticon, Blitzwing. Yeah. You know, it, he would have been obscure if you compare him to say Megatron or Starscream. If you ignore the most recent Bumblebee kerfuffle. I missed the Bumblebee kerfuffle, but you okay. can fill me in later. So, bottom line is, is that Slipstream is obscure of the obscure, especially for people that aren't familiar with, or intimately familiar with Transformers. So I found it interesting that they chose her to be one of the first cards. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that, wife? Do you think they should have just gone with all top-shelf characters first? Um... Well, I'm going to say no just because most of the top shelf characters annoy the heck out of me, but <laughs> that's a personal failing, I feel like, as opposed to a massive failing. I think it's interesting. I hope that people who are interested in Transformers won't, or at least tangentially interested in Transformers, aren't going to be upset by the fact that they're not going to have you know, the big ones, first off. So, one of the other reasons I wanted to call attention to Slipstream, and it kind of segues into Cliffjumper, and later on, I think it was Sludge that had this text. But basically, even from set one, they're introducing tribal themes. Which, for those of you new to card games, tribal is a term for when your deck either completely is, or is a majority, a certain type of thing. So if you're playing Magic, it's an elf deck, or a goblin deck. If you're playing WoW, it's a troll deck, or a Tauren deck, or, or a Knight. Murloc deck. Exactly. In Transformers, Stablets. in this particular case, Slipstream provides powers to your other jets. Cliffjumper gets buffed for every car that is in the KO pile. So you want to build a car deck. Mm-hmm. You want to also, in Sludge's case... You want to run with other Dinobots, because he provides powers to other Dinobots. Sludge is the one whose name has changed like 50 times, right? No, that's Slag Slug. And sometimes he's called Snarl. <laughs> okay. Never well, they, it's a long... It, basically, in some of them, they just screwed up the name. But anyway, the point is, is that I... Along with the rules, along with the lore, they are doing a lot of things that as a... If you... Pull me out of it being Transformers. If this was just generic card game. The fact that from set zero, effectively, the promos, they are providing these sort of things, the themes, to they want you to include certain things with certain other cards, and it encourages that. To me, is encouraging because it shows the foresight that you mentioned earlier 
that they know they want certain things to happen. They know they want certain ways to go. It tells me they have a good handle on what they want the game to shape up to be, which means that it's less likely for mistakes later on down the road. Yeah. They're leveraging all the years of experience from Magic to produce this new game and not have to, you know, reinvent the wheel, yeah. especially when it comes to mistakes. I'm optimistic. I will say that I am optimistic about the gameplay of this. Yeah, I'm um, very anxious to get these cards in my hand, shuffle them up, play a few games, because the artwork, as an aside, is fantastic. The artwork yeah. is spectacular, and I'm super excited to see what they do when, for example, if they do a Transformers Animated or Beast Wars, are they just going to pull screen caps from the show, or are they going to cool. have someone redraw it? I'd be okay with both. I'd probably have more fun as a screen cap sort of person, but that's just who I am. I would agree, but a lot of people seem to be very down. I mean, I'm not a huge Beast Wars fan, but I would prefer to have the original screen caps than someone read... Well, I, I would be okay if they redid it, but I know mm -hmm. there are a number of people out there who don't like that 90s, very obvious animated look. Whereas I adore it, but that's a story for another day. I... I think the artwork is going to be interesting. Um, I will say personally I'm a little worried about it, only because I don't always have the easiest time figuring out which character is which just by looking at them until they open their mouth. They do have a tendency to run together for me, with the exception of Bulkhead, and that might be why he's one of my favorites, because he's a big green angry tank well in this particular case you're gonna going back to what we were talking about earlier that you're gonna start out with like you already know your characters because you chose yeah. them and they're gonna start and play and odds are your opponent's only gonna have between somewhere four and six maybe less so characters like nemesis prime or maybe even cosmos because of the number of stars that they require kind of push you into only having a couple of guys. Mm -hmm. So, for example, Cosmos is 11 stars. Holy, wow. You're only allowed to have 25. So, guess what? Your team is not going to be very big yeah. if you include Cosmos. So, so that goes back to what you were saying, that you can readily identify it. It's easy to say, oh, well, that's him, and pick it out. I think the fact that the artwork is actually so large on the card and the way they frame the, the actual card frame does a lot to draw your attention to the transformer itself mm -hmm. which sounds weird but if you look at all the artwork across a lot of card games th yes there's good and bad art from an actual art perspective like this is a good drawing that's a bad drawing but the framing of the cards can do a lot towards drawing your attention to certain places emphasizing certain details and the way they've done that with the actual Transformer character cards, I think was well done. Mm -hmm. So I don't think you're going to run into the issue of saying, well, is that Cosmos or is yeah. is that Chrome Dome? That like, you're going to know. That. I mean, that sounds silly. For those of you out there that are Transformers fans, that sounds ridiculous. How could you possibly ever confuse the two? But you have to, again, think of this as, if we get people coming to this game because the Bayverse was their first set of Transformers. It's a whole different ballgame. I'm, I'm throwing it out there now 
for those of you who are Transformers fans, and you can think lesser of me, that's fine. I am looking at four, three different Transformers right now, and I could not for the life of me tell you, especially when they are in um, robot form, I could not for the life of me tell them apart. One has a little bit of pink. Maybe that's how I can figure him out. I'm not sure who you're pointing to. Wife's pointing at, I have, I don't know, a, couple, a dozen Transformers on my desk, and I'm not sure which one she's pointing at because none of them are pink. But okay. Well, from this angle it looks pink. But anyway, my point is I enjoy Transformers. Um, I did not have Transformers curtains in my childhood bedroom like some people I know. But you have um, them as an adult now! <laughs> yeah, that's what you think. Garage sale! Um, but because I didn't grow up with it, I, I missed certain things and certain ways of telling them apart until they open their mouths. Probably another reason why I like Cup. He's sassy and angry, but he always has the cigar, so that helps too. <laughs> so, to close this up, before wife embarrasses me even further that she can't tell. Whatever, me. I'm fine with it. <laughs> uh, I'm really excited about this game, wife. It sounds like you're looking forward to it as well. Yeah, I'm uh, optimistic. You better about be looking forward to it because we're going to be playing a lot of it. Uh, that's what I was afraid of. But, but anyway, <laughs> I we to give people an idea of where we want to go with the show, we are definitely open to feedback, and we would love to hear what you want to hear about because I definitely want to talk about this game. I'm excited about it. Wife and I come from a competitive gaming background. We will be at Gen Con, and we're going to be playing in a number of both World Championships and National Championships for a variety of other games, the WoW TCG included. So, by the way, if you want to hear more about the WoW TCG, definitely Listen check to, our like, back episodes. Listen to, literally any of our other episodes. If, you want to, if you're at Gen Con, want to come say hi, the Retro WoW Classic event, the Harry Potter World Championship, the Harry Potter TCG World Championship, or the Lightseekers Nationals for the United States... We will definitely be there. Probably, I will definitely be rocking some random slot swag. But in any case, definitely give us some feedback. You can reach out to us at randomthoughtspodcast at gmail.com or check out our website at randomthoughts.wordpress.com And you can find our other contact information for Twitter, for Reddit, for, uh, you know, all the various, for Facebook, all the various social media on our website. So... As I said, definitely give us some feedback. Let us know what you want to know about. We're gonna, I'm gonna be, <laughs> I'm gonna drag wife into this all the time. But He's we, gonna try. We may do some solo episodes with just me. I'm gonna see what we, you know, as spoilers are coming out. I want to do a review episode. It's kind of tough right now since you know we're all learning the game, but it, it's fun to talk about it. And then maybe a couple months from now, say, well, did we hit? Did we miss? Yeah. How do we use that information going forward? How do we learn? How do we build fun things and enjoy this game? Because I am really, really excited about this. Yes, there are yes. very few things, entertainment-wise, that get me as excited as Warcraft. And Transformers, along with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and G.I. Joe, are some of them. Can you tell he's an 80s kid? No, you couldn't tell he was an 80s kid, could you? Anyway. So, with that, we're going to sign off. But as I said, definitely hit us up at any of our social media or reach out to us. We're going to, I want to become a fixture in the community because I'm so excited. I can't help but want to get involved. So we're definitely going to be doing more of these in the future. So for now, I'm wife. And I'm husband. 
Join us next time for more random thoughts. So for all other things Random's Thoughts, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and SoundCloud. At our website, randomsthoughts.wordpress.com, you can now find us on Facebook under the tag of Random's Thoughts. Or find us on Twitter, at randthoughtpod. That's at R-A-N-D thought pod. And please feel free to reach out to us on Gmail at randomsthoughtspodcast at gmail.com. Hope to hear from you soon.